Welcome to Engage 360, Denver Seminary's podcast. Join us as we explore the redemptive power of the gospel and the life-changing truth of scripture at work in our culture today. Hey friends, we're glad you're with us again. This is Engage 360 from Denver Seminary. My name is Don Payne, I'm your host, and we love to highlight for you periodically what some of our students and graduates are doing kind of to give you a sense, a vivid sense of what it looks like to embody our seminary mission, which is to uh, prepare people to engage the needs of the world with the redemptive power of the gospel and the life-changing truth of Scripture. And our, our students and our graduates are involved in some really fascinating and frontline ministries, uh, many of which are kind of maybe off the beaten path, a little un- kind of off-grid, not conventional, but they really present uh, the challenges that will, in some cases, kind of blow your hair back um, and also sharpen our understanding of what ministry is really like and the variety of ways God works uh, through us. So in this episode, we're uh, very privileged, very honored to have one of our recent graduates uh, as our guest, uh, Lisa Schultz. Lisa, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm really, really grateful to be here today with you and talk to you today. Yeah, Thank great. You for having me. Well, i let you in a moment uh, tell a little bit more yeah. about your role, but I'll kind of introduce that for our listeners. Uh, Lisa is chief of staff for the chaplain of the U.S. Senate. Uh, that's a role that until recently I didn't even know existed. Uh, but Lisa <laughs> has, has been in that role for a little while and really am interested, um, eager to dive into this conversation with Lisa about her role and what she's learned from that. We'll get into that in just a moment. But Lisa, why don't you give us just a, uh, a brief background for yourself and your role as chief of staff yeah. for the Senate chaplain? Yeah, so um, my name is Lisa Schultz, and um, I have been working for the Senate chaplain for 15 years now, which is quite a feat for D.C. <laughs> to have the same job for so long, but it's yeah, so you're wonderful. Long, you're a long-timer and, um, by, by now. On that. I'm a long-timer by now on the Hill, um, and it's been wonderful. We, we get to minister to the Senate community, which is a community of about 10,000 people, so staff and senators and um, just all of the workers here in the United States Capitol and, um, yeah, so the support staff as well. So we, um, we get to minister out of our faith. So I happen to be a Christian, and I get to minister out of my Christian faith, and my boss is also a Christian, so he gets to minister out of his faith. Um, yeah, our office has been here. We've the chaplain. We've had a chaplain um, for a long, long time, even before we were a country. But we've had um, official chaplains, paid chaplains, um, for oh goodness, I don't even know how many years. It started as volunteer uh, ministers in D.C. that would come to the Capitol and pray, and now we we've had the office of the chaplain, where, where the chaplain prays every time before the Senate goes into session. And for about 30 years, the chaplain has had a staff. So I am part of a staff before it was just the chaplain, and he would work with the senators. And now we get to minister to um, everyone in the Senate, which is part of what I do. Oh, that's that's great. If you're able to tell me this, who who is our current mm-hmm. Senate chaplain? Yeah, our current chaplain is a man named Barry Black, 
And he has been here, I think, almost 20 years, maybe 19 years. Um, he's a native from Baltimore, and he um, was um, a rear admiral in the Navy. He was the chief of chaplains for the Navy. And then he moved from the chief of chaplains of the Navy when he retired um, to be the Senate chaplain. So he's the first naval chaplain. He is the first um, African-American chaplain. And he's also the first Seventh-day Adventist chaplain oh, interesting. to be in the Senate. Okay. Mm-hmm. And how long, how long has <laughs> a he... A lot of firsts. <laughs> yeah. How long has he been in that role? Did you say that? Yeah, I think almost 20 years. Um, so I you've said, worked for I him the about, entire time? I've worked for him for about 15 years. So a little bit after he started, yes. I came as his director of communications, and then I'd been doing some evangelism work prior to my work with Chaplain Black that brought me to Capitol Hill for about five years, and then um, transitioned into this role as actually a paid Senate staffer. Now, you had mentioned to me before we started the uh, recording that you had been in Austria or other, Austria, I think, right, for a few years doing doing mission work? Yes, yes. I did not really... um, I grew up in a church going home, but I became a Christian through Young Life, actually in Colorado. (laughs) And I was from Oklahoma City, and so my high school took a trip out to Frontier Ranch, and that's when I came to faith. And when I was in college, I wanted to learn more about my faith, so I went to an eight-week Bible school in Austria and ended up staying for seven years. (laughs) And then when I moved back, I moved to Washington, D.C., and actually was really burnt out as a missionary and and was wanting to take a break and just have, quote-unquote, a normal job, (laughs) and and ended up doing mission work on the Hill. So I've I've really been um, kind of doing Christian work on Capitol Hill for 20 years. Well, I guess you've kind of redefined normal then. If you want a yes. normal job, <laughs> yes, I either that or a normal job. Yeah, either that or you've continued to run from normal. Uh, yes, 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 absolutely. So absolutely. You, you mentioned that the you minister to the Senate community. I'm not familiar with that phrase, yes. but you and you said what ten about ten thousand people overall. Yes. So every we have community? two senators. Yeah, two senators from every state, and then they each have a large office um, of staff. And so my role is really to focus on the staff and the chiefs of staff for every office. Okay. And then we have um, just support community. So we have people, we have carpenters in the Capitol. We have the sergeant at arms and the secretary staff. And um, so it is a quite a bit, um, quite a large community that people, you know, normally don't think about um, when they think about the Senate. Yeah, so, yeah. In in my naivete, I when I think about the Senate community, I think about a hundred senators. Um, so, yes. Yeah. Yes, it's far yes. far beyond that. Yes. Well, and t- Capitol Police. We also you know put Capitol ah. Police in that. We do a lot of work with um, ministering to the Capitol Police as well. Okay. Well, what's, what's it like for your office? Uh, maybe you personally, mm-hmm. but also your office to interact with that with with the senators in particular. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, my boss does a lot of that. I do some of it, but he actually does um, a lot of the work one-on-one with senators. So we provide um, spiritual counseling for them. Um, Everything we do is really personal and confidential. Mm -hmm. And then we offer them a Bible study during the week because they're away from their faith communities. A lot of them um, will fly home on the weekend, some stay here. And so this is just a great opportunity for them to really get spiritual nourishment when they're 
away from their home church or um, home religious body. And we serve also all faiths um, as well. So we do programs for Jewish um, people of the Jewish faith and um, and then other faith groups. We have opportunities for them as well. Okay. So in many respects, your, your chaplain role overall mm-hmm. is like the chaplain role in the military or in more yes. public settings, hospitals. Yeah. Where, where yes. even, even if you're able to minister as a Christian, mm-hmm. you still have mm-hmm. responsibility to minister to people of, uh, you know, across the spectrum faith wise. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's really important that we do that as well. We are here to serve the religious um, body, which is diverse. I mean, majority, um, we have majority Christians as the Senate, you know, the senators, Mm -hmm. but we have, we do have a diverse religious body. So um, we are here to support people in that way, which is so wonderful, actually. (laughs) And so much of what we do is private and confidential. So it's, um, that's probably why you've not been aware of it. We, um, um, we try and kind of, um, you know, a lot of the work we do is it's important that it's private so we can be a safe space sure, for people. Sure, sure. Have you, have you found that uh, senators in particular, maybe, maybe the same holds true for the mm-hmm. Senate community, but have you found that those to whom you minister have been more engaged with your services, particularly in the last couple of, year, couple of years with all the turmoil we've experienced? Oh, yeah. Um, that's a great question. Um, I think that, yes, we were, you know, we had a lot of turmoil even before COVID hit. Mm-hmm. We had a year where we had um, the Kavanaugh hearings, and that was pretty, right. that was pretty wild. Um, and then we had, um, we had the Trump election, and then we had, so the Trump election, the Kavanaugh hearings, and then we had the um, impeachment hearings. So we went through two impeachment hearings, and then it was COVID. So, yes, it was really, I would say, things before COVID were really, really um, stressful in a sense. We had a lot of, you felt almost the atmosphere change. And then we had COVID, so we went, you know, online like everyone else <laughs> did. And I we just now feel like things are back um, to where we to where they were, kind of pre-pandemic. But yes, there is, I mean, complete need for um, for ministry, and it's gotten to be more and more as you know things in the country have just changed. I'm sure you've felt that as well. Well, yeah, um, it's kind of hard to read. It's <laughs> hard to not. it's hard to maybe define not. normal. Yeah, it's it's yes. it's difficult yes. now even to to figure out what is normal. Um, you know, so when things maybe slow down or calm down a little bit, now we're just dealing with the typical levels of stress we already had. So in, in your case, uh, now, now you're, well, you're back in person, I suppose, but at the Mm -hmm. same time, now you're dealing with the January 6th hearings and everything embroiled in that, right? Yes. Oh yeah. I have it on right now. We have, we all have TVs next to our desk. Yeah. So you're watching that with um, your other eye, right? And, you know, at every coffee shop here on the Hill and everything, you know, it's the news is all around. We actually, my office is right kind of around the corner from where we do um, the press, the hearings, um, the press conferences, I should Uh say. Um, And so it's, we just, we feel it quite intensely, even just when we, when we leave our office. So it's, it's kind of all around in the atmosphere. In the atmosphere. Yeah. What what is it like uh, to work, um, 
to work across that spectrum with such a, a, a wide array of, of, of individuals and faith groups? What's it like to do that as a Christian? Well, I think this is something that I actually wrote a paper on um, in Denver Seminary that was on the image of God, that God has created all people in his image. And so what does that mean to, to love people that, um, and to see the image of God in them? And I think that's a challenge. So it's a challenge just in general in life <laughs> to work with um, religious diversity and plurality, but it's also here in the political realm um, working with people who are very have d- very different beliefs mm-hmm. about what we should do politically, so um, it is something that I have had to learn to grow into in my time here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Huh. How do you how do you see the Lord show up? I mean, it's kind of cliched language, I yeah. guess, but for lack of a better phrase, how do you, how do you see Christ show up? in your role, particularly during some of the stressful, the, the unique stress that mm-hmm. comes with working with the Senate community, and, and maybe also during this, yeah. you know, this last couple of years? How have you seen the Lord show up? Yeah, so um, <laughs> I, it's been my goal to have our office really be a place of peace and rest amidst, you know, the atmosphere, this crazy atmosphere. Yeah. And it has been my goal to have this be another something I learned from seminary. I can't remember the professor who came out and shared this, but he talked about the Garden of Eden. Like when we're, when we're working within the kingdom, we are kind of back in these Garden of Eden spaces where things are just right. <laughs> where, um, and talking about building these Garden of Eden spaces wherever you go. And so I really feel that our office has been that, that people, um, you know, we go out and minister to people, but today has been full of, just today, for example, um, since it's on my mind, we've had numerous staff come into our office, and one girl I just spent an hour with, <laughs> and she is in my Bible study on Monday, and she wanted to tell me all about an opportunity that she had with her senator to pray for him and to spend some time with him and that um, she just wanted to cut and we had been talking about that how can she be a light in her office and with the intern she's the intern coordinator so how can she do that in a way that would bring the kingdom to her space and she came to me today and told me all about it and it was very exciting and we prayed and then i had her pray for this podcast and oh great so i think i think you know it's it's, I, I can imagine this is how other ministry is, although <laughs> I did just get ordained a couple of years ago in the Anglican Church, and I've been doing more work in the church, which I had never done before, and that is another beast. <laughs> so church where everyone's really happy with what we do here, <laughs> but I find that church work is, is very um, it's, it's very different. You know, there's just a lot of... Um, Yes, people are unhappy sometimes with what you do, <laughs> but here we just, you know, they come, they come to us here, and it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful way um, to see God bring these opportunities. I'm constantly seeing um, the Lord bringing more and more opportunities for us, kind of showing up, so I felt like the Lord really today, sh- you know, showed up through this girl and the way that he worked in her life this week, and she wanted to testify about that as really encouraging to me. Well, so. that that just 
encourages me so much to know or to be reminded of what the Lord is doing behind the scenes that much of the public would never know about. Probably, probably never even Absolutely. guess. You know, when you when you describe, Absolutely. yeah, you describe those Absolutely. conversations, those vignettes. Yeah. I imagine most people are thinking, I I never would have guessed that that's kind of behind the scrim in the Senate community yeah. that that kind of, that the Lord is doing Absolutely. that kind of thing. Absolutely. I mean, the Lord's always at work wherever we are, right? And it seems like in the darker places, he the light is just shines brighter. Yeah. <laughs> and you see it. Oh, yeah. You see these pockets of, you know, there is Jesus, and there is Jesus, and he is renewing this, and he's working here. Even in the midst, you know, we tried um, during the second impeachment trial um, that came to the Senate— um, with Trump, this is like two months before we got shut down for COVID. And the atmosphere around here was just, I mean, you could, it was, it was really, really hard. People were sleeping here. Hmm. They were, you know, they were not getting sleep. They were, I mean, people were just working crazy hours and it was just felt really stressful. Um, and I decided what we would do is be kind of a respite place. I thought like, we need to be like the rest stop that we need okay. to be like my mom's house that opens her doors with chocolate chip cookies and people come in and yeah. want to be there. And so we just told all the press and everyone who worked in the Capitol, we just said, come by, we have drinks, we have food, and we would make homemade food for them and be able to really engage in conversation and, and really be able to, um, to minister to people who are, yeah, really overworked and um, exhausted. So it's it's ways like that that I try and just find ways to be different and to share, to be salt and light, really, where where I am. Oh, that that is that is so encouraging. And it, just as a sidebar, it uh, mm-hmm. it impresses me that you're in an area of ministry where people are just so grateful for what you do. <laughs> oh. I know. What a gift. I, I, I know. It is a gift to be, we really are appreciated. Um, and it is a gift. It is a gift to me. Um, um, yeah, that people are just really grateful for what we do. So huh. that we're here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, on maybe a more sober note, how did mm-hmm. the events of January 6th um, affect your role or maybe change your role? What, what, was, what was it like mm-hmm. for you and your office that day? If, yeah, that's were, were you there? Um, were you there in the Capitol that day? <laughs> you know what? I was on a beautiful sandy beach in Sanibel Island, Florida. <laughs> well, good for you. I mean, it was lovely. We were on the beach. I was on the beach with my kids, and I'd taken a trip down there um, with three other families, and we were on the beach. And I remember that day, that morning. I knew things would be crazy. I knew it was just going to be a crazy day on the Hill. And I told my staff, like, stay home. Don't even come in. It's going to be a you know, crazy day. And then I really, I felt the Lord say to me, you need to tell your boss to put on the armor of God. And hmm. I've never done that before. I've never texted him like right away in the morning about with the word. <laughs> yeah. But I just said, you know what? I, I have this impression that you just need to, before you go in today, put on the armor of God. And, um, and then I started getting text messages and of course the Capitol alerts on my phone and we raced to our beach house and turned on the TV and it was just horrendous. I mean, I, 
I'm so grateful that I, I mean, it sounds terrible to say, there was part of me that wanted to be here and to be with all these people and really be able to minister. <laughs> um, but the, another part of me was just, I felt relieved that I did not have to kind of enter that trauma because I think it's been really traumatizing. There's been a lot of people who've retired or quit after that huh. um, because it's, it was, it was so traumatic. Um, you know, the people that were, you know, there was just the stories are, are horrendous. And my boss of course was rescued by a Capitol policeman, um, just been a good friend of our office and he was able to be taken to the place where the senators were at and really minister to them and um, spent a lot of time with the vice president being able to minister to him okay. and the Capitol police. So um, I'm really grateful that he was here and was able to do that and that, you know, it was, he was safe, but it was, I mean, things completely changed after that. The atmosphere, again, the atmosphere, <laughs> um, it's just, it's, it's, it's not like just walking into a place of work. You actually, you know, think about, I think about the Supreme Court stuff right now. And I don't want to, you know, the other day when I drove in, they actually thought, oh, that they were having a protest over there and there was police everywhere. And I just called my mom and I said, I actually think I want to just go home. Like, I don't want to be here today because I, I'm terrified at what's going to happen um, when some of these rulings come down. Yeah. So um, I think for all of us, especially people that were here, it's, it's been um, it's the, the, the safety, the violation of feeling safe has, um, has taken place. So I would yeah, imagine. don't feel safe anymore. Yeah, I would imagine that's changed or maybe thickened the atmosphere mm -hmm. for ministry, uh, mm -hmm. created even more ministry opportunities Absolutely. since then? Absolutely. 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 Yeah, because people, it just shows you, right, that you're not in control of your life. It's kind of like taking the foundation from underneath your feet <laughs> and ripping it out, right, and saying, wow, you know, things, things happen in life. And, of course, then that's when people really start asking the hard questions. Um, why am I here? Um, what do I believe? So, yeah, we've had a lot of those discussions with people. Oh, I can only imagine. What, uh, even though you're, I mean, you're, you're in the middle of the political system in some ways and mm -hmm. in other ways, I, I suppose, kind of speaking into it from, um, uh, from a, a, like a side chamber or something like that, <laughs> but you, you certainly have your, your finger on the pulse of things, and I'm curious, mm -hmm. where, where do you see hope uh, for us when there seems to be this mm -hmm. eroding confidence overall in our political system? Yeah, I just, I just, I think I've been, I don't know, I was thinking about this. Um, where do we find hope? I mean, hope is found in Christ. I know that sounds like a trite thing to say. But I, I really do believe that, you know, Romans eight twenty eight that God works all things for good, that he uses even terrible, horrendous things mm. for the good of people, that he is a God who is in control, <laughs> that he raises up leaders and takes them down. So part of the reason that I feel like I've been able to be sane in this environment is that my hope is in something completely different than, mm. than politics. Well, politics does a lot of good and Christians should be involved and um, we want to make the world right, right? That's part of bringing the kingdom. Yeah, why, why would you be doing of, it otherwise? Right, right. Like these things are, we, we need to be involved in um, 
but knowing that we are living in the not yet, you know, we are not living in the new heavens and the new earth. We are not living um, where things, you know, I just don't expect much from the world and the brokenness and the our sin nature. We say in the Anglican Church, we say the world, the flesh, and the devil. Yeah. And um, it, although it feels like there's more of that, and maybe there is, um, I just, for me, it's, it's really important to um, focus on the fact that God is still in control mm. and that he, he is, he is in control of, of the world <laughs> and every little thing that happens. Um, if he cares about the number of hairs on my head, how much more does he care about who's in office or what kind of decisions we're making or what's happening? And so I try to, I try to focus on that for my hope um, and not so much in the in the things that are happening because that's really elusive. That's really not not where my hope is found. So that, that's a great word, Lisa, and and so timely because uh, particularly in an environment like yours, which I, I I think is really kind of an intensification of the environment mm-hmm. we all inhabit all the time, but it, it seems to be kind mm-hmm. of concentrated and intensified. In, in your mm-hmm. world there in the capital. Um, mm-hmm. it, I, I don't know how Definitely. people are sustainable when, mm-hmm. when, when we don't have that hope in Christ to rest in, and yes. all, of, all of our hope yes. is vested in yes. how things go or whether they go a particular way. Absolutely. Uh, that's, Absolutely. That's hanging the weight of our lives on a very precarious... Um, uh, very precarious hook. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, God wants us to work and we need to pray and all of these things, right? We know that, but it's, it's definitely, I think my boss has modeled this for me really well because <laughs> I can be stressed. I can be really stressed about my kids. I can be stressed about, you know, just all the personal stuff in my life. Um, but he's very, very good. I mean, besides everything that's happening in the world and Ukraine and politics and January 6th and what's happening. It's just too much. And, um, and he has modeled that so well. He is very even keel. He, he has such a trust in the Lord that I think it enables has really been a good, um, model for me to see him wade through the waters, just kind of, he's just a steady, steady, he has a steady faith. And, um, and that's really helped me, um, especially, you know, after Trump won, it was funny. He, one of the chiefs of staff made these cards. It's right in front of me right now. I have it on my desk. Um, Christianity today interviewed my boss and they said, you know, here's how 20 evangelical leaders, pastors, authors, and others weigh in on the 2016 election. And Chaplain Black said, I'm grateful, optimistic, and satisfied. <laughs> and he said, grateful because First Thessalonians 5.18 says to give thanks in all things. Optimistic because Romans 28, God works all things together for good. And satisfied because Philippians 4.12 says, I have learned in every state to feel contentment. Um, and that, and we've had one of the chiefs of staff put that on a, on a little, on a nice U.S. Senate card and passed these out to people. Um, and I thought it was really, it, I think it, it speaks to me about all of the situations that have happened even since then. <laughs> yeah. And it's been a good, good reminder, right. That, um, 
that we've learned to be content in, in all circumstances. Oh, couldn't agree more. What a, what a great way of framing all that, and what a, what a great gift to have uh, spiritual leaders like that in the capital, right, and yourself, right in the oh, epicenter yes. of, of oh. all these decisions that are being made that affect, in some yeah. cases, literally the entire world. And Absolutely. that um, we, we vest so much uh, of ourselves in what goes on there in Capitol Hill. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Lisa, I'm curious, how, how did you find your way to Denver Seminary, and how, how has your program, you were in the MA Biblical Theological Studies program, yeah. Um, yeah. how has that, you've already alluded to this to some extent, but how, how has your seminary education been um, instrumental for you in your role there? There's two questions, I guess. Yeah. But yeah. How did you find your way yeah, to Denver Seminary? Because... <laughs> um, well, my boss actually had, had talked to me for a number of years about going to seminary. He loves studying. He loves school. He has a number of advanced degrees. And I was the C student yeah, <laughs> in high school. I was the one that was very social in college. And um, I got my social degree. And my, I would say my Bible degree because I, I was in the church whenever it opened. But I, was, I just did not enjoy learning. And, um, and, I, and I think it was, it just was it's just harder for me. So it was something that, you know, he kept talking about, and I said, no, 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 I have young kids, there's no way, I have a yeah. full-time job. There's never a good kids. time, never a good time. <laughs> exactly, and uh, I actually was at a women's conference and on how to, how to teach the Bible, and I just realized that there were so many bloggers that were blogging for women online, and... I found a lot of what they said actually pretty terrible, <laughs> you know, that, and they could have yeah. huge audiences, but really take the word of God and, and just say kind of whatever they wanted to say. And I thought at this conference, like, no, I want to be able to really know what the Bible says. And I've been a Christian for a while, but I've never really, I actually worked at a Bible school, but not having like deep theological studies. And so I, it took me a couple of years to get to that point. And then when I started looking um, a friend of mine who was also looking to go to seminary said, well, did you know that Denver Seminary has a campus like 10 minutes from your house? <laughs> and I couldn't believe it. I, I live probably 10 minutes from Glenarden Baptist, and that is the best place to have a seminary class. It was just, it was amazing. Oh, and I went there for one of their, um, one of their devotions, and it's, you know, majority black. And, um, and so here I was, this white woman showing up, and I loved it, absolutely loved it. So I, um, I just, yeah, I just, I really, really so appreciated the friendships I made. We, we talked a lot about culture and, um, and what it feels like to be African-American in our country. And um, that was kind of, you know, during all the race stuff happening and, so it's just like a beautiful time to grow in so mm. many ways, but it's taken me five years <laughs> and um, with sometimes taking summer off and sometimes only doing one class at a time. But um, I would, I, again, I was, I'm not a studious person and it was really challenging for me, but I, now I'm, I mean, I would just recommend it to, I, I do recommend it to everyone. Um, it's really helped give me a good basis for what I'm teaching, and I, I am doing a lot of teaching here. I, I do a number of small groups, and um, and I think before my faith was, when I became a Christian at Young Life Camp, um, my faith was 
it was very emotive. God did something in my life. I, I assented to this belief, but, um, but now it's, it's, it's my heart and emotive, but it's also like, I have a lot of knowledge <laughs> and putting those both together has been just really, really wonderful. So, um, I actually wonder if I should do more now. <laughs> ah. I've been bitten by the, the study bug. The bug. So I've, yeah. <laughs> so I can't say I was the A student, but I but I learned and I grew and that was the most important thing. That for is, me. yeah. That um, is by far the most yeah, important thing. Yeah. It's it's not primarily about degrees, it's about learning and you used a great yeah. phrase, but just putting it all together, bringing that heart, that passion you had for the Lord together with yeah. with a, a deeper understanding of his word and his yeah. ways. And yes. you know, pulling all that all together in a way that allows you to to minister faithfully in in some of the just the complexities and the brokenness that's got to be right yes. in your face all the time. Yes, and yeah. the hard questions from a lot of intellectual people mm-hmm. who come to DC. Oh yeah, <laughs> they have they are very very smart people and um, and they have good questions. So it's. It has really, really helped me. Yeah, yeah. You're not uh, you're not ministering to dummies, <laughs> but <laughs> no, no. But, uh, it's, it's in, they're, they're, they they their knowledge is far beyond mine, and no. uh, in many ways. But um, but yeah. So it's 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 been really helpful. Uh, I'm, I'm really grateful. Well, Lisa, we're and we're, the experience at Glen Arden Baptist too. Yeah, I, I cannot yeah. say enough about about that. I mean, they just are doing amazing, amazing things there. So. Um, Wow, that's but, just that but, was like the cherry on top. <laughs> yeah, they they are. I was uh, I was just there. At least as we're recording this episode, I was just there a couple of weeks ago again, and am always so energized by what the Lord is doing uh, through that ministry at First Baptist in, mm-hmm. in Glen Arden. Mm-hmm. Um, Lisa, mm-hmm. we're we're j- deeply grateful for you for what you're doing, yeah. um, for you. how you've been able to be a part of Denver Seminary, but for how you're using your education in this role and. Yeah. Just grateful for, for you and your staff and for Chaplain Black and Thank everybody you. who behind the scenes is is doing so much to be salt and light, as you mentioned, to be the kind of represent the, the presence represent the presence of Christ uh, there in the Senate. So uh, may the Lord just in, encourage you and all your staff and empower you with his spirit for for that ministry. We're, yes. we're so grateful thank for you. you. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Every day we pray, my boss, before he goes to give the prayer on the Senate floor, um, we pray that all of us, but especially Chaplain Black, too, would be filled with the Holy Spirit and with wisdom. So yeah, just great. a couple of things you just mentioned. So I really appreciate that. Well, for myself, and I'm thank I, you so much for having me. Yeah, I really, it's I'm really grateful. Been a treat, <laughs> so and thanks, thank you. Yeah, thanks for taking some time to to be with us and to share what you're doing with all of our listeners, uh, friends. We've been interacting with Lisa Schultz, who is chief of staff for the U.S. Senate Chaplain, and she's a recent Denver Seminary grad, and we're grateful for her and for all that she does. Um, Lisa, maybe to end this up, uh, mm-hmm. tell us maybe one or two ways we can we can all pray for you oh that's a great great question um i guess that the the last prayer that i said you know i just feel like we're in constant need of of being filled with uh with the holy spirit and um and wisdom so that would be a great prayer 
I'll always take prayers for my family. Okay. I have two boys. <laughs> one's 12 and one's 10. So, um, so I, you know, it's, it's it's interesting. Yeah, you got <laughs> a lot going. Yeah, and, you got a lot going on on the home front as well as the uh, yeah, the capital. Yeah, so yeah, but just you know, pray for um, for wisdom in the Holy Spirit. I have a group on Wednesday mornings that's um, staff from the Capitol that we do a Hump Day homily. We call it. So I always take prayers for that. And then on on Monday, I have a a group of um, Senate staff that are are females, and we so I. I am. I've been working with them for about three years now. We were, we got together through the pandemic. Um, so always prayers for them would be great. Thank okay. you. Okay. So listeners, I'm going to ask you when you hear this, take some time to pray for Lisa and her staff and Chaplain Black and everybody involved in, in everything that they're doing. Um, friends, you've been with us at Engage 360 from Denver Seminary. I want to remind you that you can contact us at our email address, which is podcast at denverseminary.edu. I want to encourage you again to check out our website, which is denverseminary.edu. And if you go to the podcast link there, you can find all of our past episodes as well as full text transcripts for all these conversations. If you want to go back uh, and uh, revisit something somebody said, you can do that with our our transcripts. I hope you'll give us a rating or review on whatever podcast platform you Uh, tend to use and hope you'll visit us again real soon for our next episode. Thanks again and talk to you soon. Take care.